Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, celebrating 18 years of helping people tell their stories. Thanks for dropping in today. Paul has dug through the archives to pull out an interview he was thrilled to have with Mr. Herb Reed, a founding member of the legendary vocal group The Platters. Hey, they just don't make groups like that anymore. Herb Reed was born in 1928. He passed away in 2012. But in those years, he took the stage to sing for countless people. And the records made by the platters stand the test of time. Did you know what makes the broadcast of these precious interviews a reality? Well, it's folks, people, just like you. You can be a part of this, too. Simply go to thepaulleslie.com, thepaulleslie.com, and click on Support the Show. Thanks to everyone who listens, and especially those who contribute. And now we take you back to that day, years ago, when Paul was honored and humbled to speak with Mr. Herb Reed, the man who helped found and name the Platters. Hi, this is Herb Reed. First thing I'd like to do is acquaint your listeners to the fact that a lot of phony groups going around call themselves the Platters, and they have knocked me out of a lot of work. It stopped me from working in a lot of places, and it's difficult for me to get work because people won't hire me because they can get those other people that are calling themselves the Platters so cheap. They work for little or nothing. So here comes the real deal, and they don't want to hire the real deal when they can get it for cheap. That's the first thing I'd like to acquaint your listeners with, if I may. And hello you, and how are you? And <laughs> we'll go off from there. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Real Deal. This is Mr. Herb Reed, and it is with great pleasure that we're welcoming him. He's the legendary Herb Reed, and he is the original member of the Platters, except no substitutions. So my exactly. First, exactly right. Yes. So my first question, who is Herb Reed? I organized the Platters, and I named the Platters the Platters in Los Angeles, California. And I've been the leader of the Platters from the very, very beginning. And I've been working out here all over the world from the very beginning. I never retired. And so what happens is that we became so popular. The name is so popular that the demand is so, was, so, was so great. You couldn't meet all the demands, so phony groups popped up calling themselves the Platters. That's, that's, that, is what it, that is what has happened. Tell all the listeners out there, what was life like growing up for you? Oh, terrible. America was a terrible place back then, you know. You couldn't go anyplace. You couldn't eat anyplace. You couldn't stay at no hotels. You couldn't stay at no motels. You, you didn't know if you could eat in this restaurant or that restaurant. So it was always a guessing game, and you had to have scouts to find out where you could eat or where you could sleep or where you could go, things of that nature. And very few taxi cabs would pick you up in the big cities and things like that. It was a terrible place back in those days. There was nothing fun about being a star back then. I've read that in many books. I wasn't I wasn't alive. I was born in the 80s. But Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. I, I have to ask, do you think that music played a role in improving race relations in this country? Oh, it did. It did. Without music, it would, it would be still the same. Without music, it would still be the same. It would, people would be it's so so brainwashed in believing the worst of people 
that it would, it, it, it would still be the same if it hadn't been for music. I read in a book that Harry Belafonte, when he was the number one star at the time, he couldn't eat at a restaurant that he was performing at. No, you couldn't. It's incredible. No, you couldn't. The same thing in Vegas. You could, you could go out to Vegas and sing, but when you finished singing, you had to go back in a big banquet room where you were, where you were back there by yourself because you couldn't sit out at the bar and have a drink or you couldn't go to a restaurant and have a, have a sandwich. That's just the way it was. Hmm. Tell us about the music that you listened to growing up. What kind of music did you like? Gospel music. Gospel quartets were my favorite people and the Mills Brothers. The Mills Brothers? Right, right. Yeah, I could, I, I could see being in a vocal group. Right, right. How did you meet these other gentlemen, Joe Jefferson, Cornell Gunter, and Alex Hodge, that made up the platters? Well, number one, you can forget about Joe Jefferson because he was just a kid just sitting around on the porch. And one night we, we said that we're going to go to this ambition show and I asked him, did he know the song? He said, yeah. So we took him to the ambition show with us, and he sang background one song. His throat swelled up so bad he couldn't sing the next day, and he couldn't sing at all. So we dropped him after one show, one amateur show. And what I give him credit for being there, I'll never know. Hmm. How did the idea for the platters come about? I know, and I want to stress this to all the listeners out there, the man we're speaking with, Mr. Herb Reed, he is the man that came up with the term, the platters. I used to listen to jockeys refer to records as being platters. That's why I got the idea, because each one of us was single for individual uh, soloist artists. And uh, I said, well, you were platter, I'm a platter, blah, 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 blah. So I listened to just jockeys, uh, and uh, they used to refer to records as being platters. And this way, I was able to uh, come up with the name, the platters. Can you tell us about meeting Buck Ram? Well, we were struggling in Los Angeles trying to put something together. And I heard that there's a guy from the songwriter from Chicago was in town, you know, so he had a little 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 office out in Hollywood. So he was scrounging, he was scrounging around Los Angeles looking for talent that he could manage. So we, we somebody I don't know who it was met the guy and told him about us. And so we went out to see him, and then took a while. Then after a while, we became he became my manager. And when did you realize that the Platters had made it? You never knew. I never knew that. All of a sudden, all of a sudden. People wanted our autographs and things like that, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, in those days, like we said, with all the prejudice and things like that, you never know if you made it or not. You could stay at a warm hotel that, you know, that was that was not a hotel, but a rooming house. You could get a, a car maybe once every three years, something like that. But you never felt like it made it. Never. Mm-hmm. You never felt like it really made it. You just, I'm being honest with you. You never felt like it made it. Never. Can you tell us about the experience of making a record for the first time? The first time, we had no idea what the hell we were doing. And for the first time, we were singing too loud and too hard. And there's a lady that shook her head and said, no, 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 no. So we squatted it down. and then made. But I'll tell you, it was a terrible experience. <laughs> the first record we recorded, we did background singing, and they gave us $6 for the five people. And it took us for like from 9 to 2 o'clock in the morning. $6 is what they paid us. Goodness. When you look at all the songs that you have recorded, <clears throat> the amazing thing about the platters is nowadays it seems like songs, they come and go. But those songs have lasted all this time, and people still love them. 
Do you have a favorite song that, that, that was recorded? The song that we favored, The Platters and Me, is the song that we did in the very beginning that never hit, never became a hit. And there's so many of them, I just can't even think of them. I'm trying to remember this particular song. I think it's I Love You All The Time. I think it's one of them. But they never became hit records. You know, the platters and myself, like I said, we liked a lot of the ones we did in the very, very beginning. And uh, the ones that became big hits, they were not our favorites. But uh, they they became big hits, so we couldn't can't talk about that. Now, about the other vocal groups of the time, did you fraternize with them at the time? Oh, sure. Everybody hung out together. We were all friends at the time. Everybody was good friends at the time. We liked each other. We liked each other's records. We liked each other's company. And and if you want to meet somebody, you met them in New York. You have lunch together and you talk together and you tell each other about the latest recording and things of this nature. Oh, yeah, we liked each other. We hung out together. Do you keep in touch with any of the musicians from that era? Singers and people like that from the era, you said? Yes, sir. You know, we still work together. We still do these big shows together. You know, once every every two years, sometimes, you yeah, once every two years, we all get together. And they put on these big rock, I mean, big oldie but goodie shows. You know, everybody. You know, I just got to working a couple of, what was it, three weeks ago? No, four weeks ago with, with the, with the um, Shirelles, Shirley and the Shirelles, and uh, the uh, Lion Sleeps Tonight, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Tokens. The Tokens, yeah. I was working with, what you call this, I can't think of the name, it's the orchestra of, uh, but anyhow, I work with these people a lot, but once every three years, they put on big rock and roll shows, and we all get together and do these shows. It's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of pleasure. What is it you think of the music business today? Today, it's, it's, it really don't mean anything. I mean, what songs have you heard today that's going to last 20, 30 years? I can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> that answers your question, doesn't it? Yeah. Where are the songs? Right. You know, really, truthfully, look like everybody wants to be a rock star. You know, that's, that just that shocks me. Everybody wants to play loud guitars and bass and drums. Nobody wants to sing beautiful anymore. You know, it's just amazing. That's just where it is. When you look back at your life, and not just your music, but your life, what are you most proud of? What am I proud of? I'm proud I never did anybody any harm. You know, I never took advantage of anybody, and I never did anything to hurt anybody, deliberately, never. I'm very proud of that. Yes, you should be. In the music business, who are you most proud to work with? To work with? Yes. Uh, to be honest with you, I was, I was so in awe that I couldn't keep my mouth shut. It was Jimmy Ricks, of Jimmy Ricks and the Ravens, because he's the one who started me singing. I heard his voice. And I could imitate it. And I started imitating his voice. And people encouraged me to, to sing. And I, was, I thought they were jiving me. But anyhow, I started trying to sing like him. And I started doing great amateur shows. Started winning first prize because I could sing like him. And I had the pleasure of working with him in Washington, D.C. a long time ago. A long time ago. And I was in awe being in the same dressing room with Jimmy Ricks. You know, he was the greatest. The greatest. What is it you like about music? What did I like about music? <laughs> I like the fact that it makes you feel good, actually. The fact is that it gives you a good, clean feeling. 
uh, especially when it brings back the memories that are great memories. I just like being a part of it. I really do. I mean, I think it's coming from your side that I can be getting that. I can hear you less and less. Okay. I think it's coming from your from your area. Is it getting better? I can hear you. No, no, I can't. Is it better? No, I can't hear you at all. Okay. Can't hear you at all. Um. Well, all right. Let me tr- let me try something. Hold on. I'm sorry. I just cannot hear you at all. Can't Not hear even me. a little bit. I hear static. Static. Okay. All I hear is static. Nothing else. All right. We're gonna. If you can't, you want to call me back? Yeah. This way, I don't think it's gonna get any better. All right. I'll whatever call you. you did, whatever you did made it worse. All right. So you should call me back. Maybe maybe make it better. All right. I'll call you right back. All right. All right. All right. Testing. Testing. Okay. What's right. that? When somebody listens to the, one of those old records from the Platters, or when they go see you sing now, what do you want the listener to get out of the experience? Well, if they're not saying me, all they're saying is a bunch of people stealing my name and uh, and uh, making a living off of, off of the sacrificed things of the original Platters. That's all they're doing. They're stealing our name and making a living off of it. That's all they're doing. When I said listen to those phony groups. Can you ever imagine a day that you would retire from the music business? Um, well, I guess I can because uh, when, you, when you start getting uh, shortage of breath and things of this nature, you know, you can see that you can see that uh, it's frivolous to try to go continue. You know, your health is the only thing that will stop you, not, not the desire. It's just your health. Your health goes bad. That's it. But I can definitely see that, sure. Is it still fun after all these years? Oh, it's fun. and really a lot of fun traveling to a lot of different places and places you've been before and meeting people that uh, you've used to work with before. Plus, seeing, seeing hotels, motels, places that you've stayed at before, seeing how the country has changed. Oh, it's beautiful. It's still wonderful being able to travel, you know, and see these things. It really is very beautiful. Out of all the places that you played around the world, what is your favorite place that you've ever been? Poland. Poland. Right. Why Poland? Poland's the greatest audience in the entire world for entertainers. Poland's the greatest place in the world for entertainers. Interesting. I'd never heard that before. Well, very few people have been to Poland. But Poland is the greatest of all. I have two final questions before we go. What is your all-time favorite meal? Meal? Yes. Uh, some two brothers in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, famous for their barbecue. That's one. Oh, wait, and, it's in uh, Atlanta. In Atlanta, Georgia. Well, that's that's our town, so tell everybody. What, what, what place is it? Can you remember? Was it again? What place in Atlanta? It's a barbecue place. I can't I can't think of the name of it, but that's what it is. You asked me my favorite all time meals, right? Yeah, yeah. And I told you a barbecue place in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh there was a um soul food restaurant in Los Angeles, California, it's not there anymore. It was awful for meatloaf, mashed potatoes and uh uh cornbread. <laughs> God almighty, man, you haven't tasted anything until you taste things like that. (laughs) 
Well, I have one final question before we go. This broadcast goes out all over the world. What would you like to say to all those people that are listening in? I would like to thank you after all these years for buying our recordings, for requesting our recordings on the radio, and for coming out to see us whenever you could. I'd like to thank you so very, very much for being so very, very nice to us in person. I've met a lot of you, and there's a lot I would love to meet again before I go. And thank you. Thank you so very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Herb Reed, the original platter. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Man, you, you, gave, you gave me a lot of time to thank, to, to thank the people. Thank you. i got to thank you because you keep us alive, man. You know, you guys like you keep me alive, man. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.